Hello and good morning again for another time we'll have today in Journeys in Grace. Hello, my name is Pastor Eric Hubbard, and we're going to continue our series as we study on prayer. And today we're going to talk about time and what does time have to do with prayer. Again, what does time or timing have to do with prayer? And we're going to begin and just give you a few scriptures as we start out. In Matthew 7 and 7, Jesus began to talk to the people of God about how that uh, they should reach out to God, and how that we should, when we're uh, making requests to the Father. He says in Matthew 7, verse and 7th chapter, he says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And the 8th verse says, For everyone that asks receive, he that seeks find, and to him that knock, and him that knocks it shall be opened. So as Jesus began to talk to the people of God and to inform us of what we should be doing with an expectant heart, knowing that in that eighth verse, he says that everyone, everyone means everyone, everybody, everyone and anybody with an expectant prayer should expect to receive what they're asking for. And all of us, at one time or another, we've had a prayer, we had an emergency, or a perceived emergency on our part, or we're saying, Lord, when? When shall we have what I've asked for? What, when is this thing, when is this pain going to leave? When is this uh, broken heart going to be mended? When, you know, when my family is going to be brought back together? When, when uh, will this employment end? Or when will I get that house or that mate that, that you promised to me or that you've shown me, Lord? Uh, this relationship, when is going to, I've asked you for questions about it. When, 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 when? But I want to tell you that every time we pray, God hears us. He never gives us a deaf ear or never turns away from us. For Jesus has said, said on numerous occasions, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But the question, again, that, that, that's in many of our hearts is when. So I want to uh, uh, pivot now to, over to uh, the book of Hebrews, uh, the 11th chapter. And Hebrews 11 talks about uh, one, one of the ingredients of prayer. And one of the main ingredients of prayer is faith. That when we pray, we must have faith-filled words. Uh, as one of my favorite preachers says, that, uh, that uh, uh, doubt tolerated is faith contaminated. Doubt tolerated is faith contaminated. Meaning that when we allow, and then again, this is my interpretation of his statement, but when we allow things to come in and um, contaminate our faith, and doubt will do it. When we, uh, the Bible says about a double-minded man is when we make a prayer and say, well, I believe God will do it. But we must be careful about not only about what we, uh, 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 what we, what we say, what we pray about, but what we say about what we prayed about. Because we don't want to pull up the seed of what we just planted. See, the word of God is a seed and it is planted in our heart and it must be nourished and fed with the word of God. But we can pull that seed up, seed up or uproot it by our uh, unfilled, unfaithful words. So here in Hebrews it says, in the 11th chapter, first verse it says, now. See, when we're in faith, we've already won. It says, now faith is the substance of, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He says, now. Faith is not tomorrow. For when you're putting God in one day, and one of my children one time, uh, they wanted a dog. And I would always say, uh, you know, uh, one day we'll get one. And month after month or week after week, uh, they would come and say, Dad, uh, you said we're going to get a dog. 
I said, yeah, one day. So one day, uh, they came to me and said, I asked that question again. And uh, well, they asked me that question again. I said, Dad, when are we going to get the dog? You said we're going to get a dog. And I said, one day. And they said, you know what, Dad? One day means never, doesn't it? And that's what we have to think about when we're praying. Don't put a time limit on God. Don't, don't, don't put him in a basket because God is God. And what he said, he will do. But for us as believers, we're not waiting on God to do something for us. Everything, as Apostle Peter said, everything that pertains unto life and godliness, he's already done. So in Hebrews, when it says now, it means you can turn that word N-O-W to W-O-N. When, when you go over into faith, and you've allowed the word of God to, and you've meditated on what you want, you have to believe that what you prayed, you received, what you believe, you received, that you will have it, because I'm, 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 I'm as a believer, God has already provided, I'm just now reaching over into the basket, which he's already prepared for me, and I'm taking what God has prepared for me, and though it may not be manifested in the, in the flesh, in the spirit, it's mine. So now faith is. Faith is now. If you're putting it off, then you're walking in unbelief. Or you have some unbelief that you need to get rid of. When you say it, it's done. Only thing you only thing we, we look for is the manifestation of what God has already done for us. So that's what faith is. Faith is in the N-O-W. And when I walk in the N-O-W, I have one. So, but now again, the, the question that we have is, when, Lord? When, Lord? And we're going to go and get a couple examples today. First, we're going to start in the book of Daniel, uh, Daniel, the ninth chapter. And we're going to read about Daniel and uh, two examples of prayer that were made. And I think it will uh, be a, give, give some enlightenment about what I'm talking about today with time. Uh, Daniel, the ninth chapter, the, uh, Daniel's in the Old Testament. Uh, Daniel the ninth chapter, I'm going to start reading around the second verse. And just to give you a little setup on this, Daniel was praying about a prophecy that Jeremiah had given. And Jeremiah had said that there would be 70 years that Israel, they had, uh, again, Israel had uh, disobeyed God. They had been walked in disobedience. And uh, God had told them he had, uh, he had came to the Babylonians, had come and taken them, and they were taken away out of their land. And Jeremiah came and prophesied to them. He said, this is going to last for 70 years. So let me read it here. The book of Daniel, ninth chapter, second verse. In the year of his reign, I, Daniel, he's talking about in the reign of uh, Darius. If you read the first verse, he says, I stood by books. I understood rather by the books, the number of the years. So Daniel was getting an understanding. He was asking and seeking an understanding about those 70 years. And that 70 years had passed. He says, by the books, the number of the years where the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he will accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. And he says, I set my face unto the Lord to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenants and mercies to them that love him, love him, and to them that keep his commandments. And you can read on down this prayer all the way down to around the 
21st, where we're going to pick up again, about how that David Daniel went into prayer and went into seeking God and confessing the sins of the people because he was uh, 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 telling God about, uh, reminding God about not only about what had happened, but what God had said. And now Daniel said, Lord, this, this 70 years, this should be over. So Daniel began to pray about it. He said, there must be more to this than what I'm seeing. But Daniel starts praying in the, uh, in, the third, in the third and fourth verse, and he's seeking God for an answer. So let's go down to verse number 20. And in, this, in the time it takes from you to read from verse uh, 3 down to verse 20, uh, down, down to verse 20, you will see that God has sent an answer. He says in verse 20, And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord. Daniel was stating his case. My God for the mountain of my God. Yet while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, or the, other words, the evening time of evening prayer. And he informed me, and he talked with me, and said, O oh, Daniel, I am come to give you skill and understanding. So Daniel made a prayer, and in the time it will take you to read this, which could be from three to five minutes, how, according to how fast you read, God, Daniel prayed, three minutes later, the answer was there. Now all of us, if every prayer we ever prayed was answered in three minutes, oh happy day. But if you've been prayed, if you've been saved for a while, or uh, you made inquiry unto God and asking the Lord about certain things, as I said earlier. And many of us, it's been three days or three weeks or three months or three years or more. And yet, Daniel prayed and three minutes later, Gabriel came with an answer for him. And we're going to read now in, along the same line in the very next chapter, Daniel again is seeking an answer. So we see and as you read the entire uh, book of Daniel, you see that Daniel was a man of prayer. His life was threatened because of his prayer. And he was thrown into the lion den because he prayed. So Daniel was a threat to the kingdom of, of Satan. And Satan had assigned those in the kingdom of Darius and others because they knew that this man has a connection with God. But just like in our day, as in uh, Daniel's day, there were haters. And Satan will set up haters to distract you and to take you away from what God has purposed. All of us. All of us has a purpose. As, the, as, Malachi, uh, as, uh, um, as Esther was told, rather, in, in the book of Esther, by her uncle, he said, For thou, you were born for such a time as this. It's no accident that you are in this, on this earth in the year 2021. There's no accident. You are here for a purpose and a reason. And it's up to us to walk in that purpose and to fulfill the calling that God has on all of our lives. So, but again, here in Daniel, as Daniel is, is praying, God gave him an answer in three minutes. But we're going to read now another instance where Daniel was praying, and it's going to be a totally different circumstance. Let's go down now to just the very next chapter. This is Daniel uh, 10th chapter. And again, Daniel is praying. I'm going to start at the uh, first verse. In the year of, King, of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true. But the time appointed was long, 
And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. And in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. So in other words, Daniel was going, he had went into a, a consecration. And he was placing himself before God, seeking an answer about concerning his prayers. The third verse says, I ate no pleasant bread. Neither came flesh or nor wine to my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all. Till three full weeks were fulfilled. And if you, again, as we're going to uh, skip down some for the sake of time, Daniel, this, uh, uh, he began to talk about this process, about visions that he saw and things that he was seeking God for. But we're going to see now, he's been praying for three weeks. The previous chapter, Daniel might have prayed three minutes. Again, it's according to how long he, you, he prayed. But the, the, the angel Gabriel told him, he said, he came and Daniel said, while I was praying. In other words, Daniel said, I didn't even finish my prayer. And the angel came and spoke to me. Let's go down now to uh, the ninth verse. And it says, while Daniel's praying, he said, therefore, I'm going to go, to, sorry, go up to the eighth verse. Therefore, I was left alone, and I saw this great vision. There remained no strength in me, for my commonness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Ninth verse. Yet I heard a voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of the words, I was in a deep sleep on my face and, toward, and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me and set me on my knees. So Daniel's saying, it's been three weeks. He didn't eat meat. Only thing he ate was bread. And uh, he gave himself this time of, of praying before God, seeking his answer. And now the answer has come. And the 11th verse said, uh, the angel says, he said to me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you. 12th verse. And he said, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day, Again, God heard Daniel's prayer on the, just like he did the first time, he does it the second time. However, in one prayer, it took three minutes. The second prayer has been three weeks. Let me finish the 12th verse. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that, you, that thou didst set your heart to understand and to chasten thyself before the Lord, before God, your words were heard. And I am come forth for your words. But he said, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days, for 21 days. He said, then I sent for backup. I called Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And I remained there with the king of Persia. So Satan, uh, the king of Persia, if you, again, if you begin to read this, this spirit, this evil spirit, and I believe it was uh, uh, Satan, he, he came to uh, try to stop the answer that God had sent Gabriel with the angel with to uh, Daniel. So there was a hindrance. And that's just why it wasn't the time God had sent the answer. When Daniel prayed, God sent the answer. But there was a hindrance unto that because Satan had saw already that Daniel got a great revelation that the uh, 70 weeks that Jeremiah had prophesied that Israel would be in captivity, it was uh, not, not just 70 weeks, but it was 70 weeks of seven. So it was going to be 470 years. So here in the 10th verse, 10th chapter rather, as Daniel begins to pray, Satan says, oh no. You got to answer last time when you begin to pray and, and, and come before God and you gave great revelation and you, en and you enlightened the hearts of the people because they got understanding. Now you are praying, I'm going to interrupt 
See, Satan can hinder, but he cannot stop. But, but uh, there's a reason why I'm bringing this up, because this is an Old Testament situation. In our day, Daniel didn't know about, uh, they didn't know, if you read the Old Testament, there are maybe three to five times when Satan is mentioned by name. In some places he mentioned Lucifer, in other places he mentioned called a snake, but in most if you read the Old Testament, there are rare occasions that Satan's identified because uh, I don't know if I could, I could take uh, liberty by saying they didn't know of Satan. I believe they knew of evil. But in this instance, Satan is called the Prince of Persia. And he's called, but basically what he, whatever name you would call him, he is a hindrance to prayer. And, he, and, and the evil one is the one that sought to hold up. Although he lost the battle, he was holding up the prayers of Daniel. So again, many times we say when, Satan will do everything he can to wear out your patience. That's what the, uh, the book of Revelation says. Satan seeks to wear out the patience of the saints because he, he figures that, oh, you know what, if I can delay it, he cannot uh, 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 stop the prayers of God. He can't stop the works of God. So what he does is he wants to wear out our patience so we'll give up and turn to our own way. He wants us to turn unto pride. For whenever when we take things in our hands and say, well, I guess I need to do this. Rather than going and seeking God and waiting on the peace of God, waiting on the instructions of God, we take it on ourselves. And that was one of the main sins that Saul, the king of Israel, uh, uh, that was called out. The prophet Samuel told him, said Sam, uh, told, told uh, Saul, wait till I come. I will offer sacrifice. Then you will go into battle. But because uh, Saul saw all the things that were happening. The people were discouraged, and many some of them were going home. And he said, "Oh, I got to do this thing, or else I'm going to lose face." And then, because uh, uh, I don't know when Samuel coming, but Samuel told him, "Don't move." And many of us, that's what God is telling us: "Don't move. Don't move. Just wait. I got something for you. A better days are coming. There's a better uh, house. There's a better uh, relationship. There's a better job. If you will just wait." Let me just, again, pivot here and go over to uh, the book of Isaiah. This is the book of Isaiah, the 40th chapter, and the very last verse. It says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But we have to learn how to wait. And wait does not mean go sit in a chair and cry and moan about woe is me. But waiting on God is just like a, a, ta uh, um, a waiter in a restaurant to where you stay at attention. Whatever the, your, the, your customer needs, whether they need water or more food or uh, whatever condiments they may need, you, that, that waiter is there, a good waiter. A good waiter waits. And, and, they, and they stay at attention, and they're, but they're constantly moving. They're working. They're making sure that everything that you could need, they anticipate your needs. And what God is expecting us to do is to stay in worship. Stay in faith. Keep rejoicing. Stay in expectation. No, it didn't happen today. But I'm, I'm trusting God. It's already done. No, it didn't happen. Uh, it's two weeks now, and it still hasn't happened. But you know what? I expect, I'm, my expectation is on high. My expectation is from, is on the Lord. God cannot lie. I think we read in the last, um, in the last teaching in Numbers 23 and 19, God is not a man. God is not a man that he's going to fail you. He's always answers. He always comes through. Always. So preacher, what's the, what's the hindrance? 
our impatience, our lack of understanding, our ignorance, our sometimes we 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 are uh, uh, filled with so much doubt and unbelief because we get so filled with what's on the news and so filled with with what what people say, what they say, rather than trusting in what he said, we listen to what they said, and when we follow after what they said, we always wind up in confusion, loss, and unbelief. But let's trust God. So Isaiah said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But I got, let's go up to verse number 29. I want to read that too. I'm just looking at the scripture here. Uh, same chapter, uh, verse 40, number 29. He said, he give power to the faint. When you are just about to give up, the strength of God is there. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young man shall utterly fall. Fail rather, fall. What he's saying is, when you, although when you're trusting in your own strength, you will be weary. And when you're trusting in your own strength, you will fall. But we have a Savior that will, that will anoint us, that will strengthen us. He's not just with us, he's in us. It's Christ in you. That's what makes the difference. It's Christ in us. It's Jesus in us. He empowers us. Galatians uh, 2.20 talks about that we have the faith of the Son of God. We have a faith that cannot fail. If we'll trust in him and what God has said, he will accomplish everything he said to you if we will wait with patience and in peace. The book of Hebrews calls it resting. Resting is when I have total confidence in God. No, I'm not asleep. No, I'm not uh, over the cone again, sitting in the chair with my legs crossed, saying, okay, Lord, I'm just waiting on you. No, resting is, that's we work in rest. For the believer, that work is meditating on the word of God. Seeking the scriptures about what God is and, and, and the promises of what I'm, whatever I'm asking for, I'm looking for the promises in the scriptures for what, for that promise, what God has said, and then I meditate and I begin to visualize what he said coming to pass. I see myself driving that car to work now. Although I may be riding the bus every day, riding the train every day, walking, uh, having to get Uber or, uh, or whatever the case may be, taking the taxi, whatever, I'm, I'm going to work every day, but I'm saying in my heart, I'm going to drive to work. I'm going to, I'm going to, not only, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you, you go out, you get your license, you get your, uh, you practice driving, you, uh, you continue, get your, you got the job now, you're working, say, Father, I'm, you continue to give, you continue to believe. Other people get their car, you're thankful for them getting their car, you're thankful for them, uh, God blessing them with a job, you're thankful for them that they got an apartment, but on the, but the whole time, you're worshiping God and say, Lord, if you could do it for them, you can do it for me. If you can heal them, you can heal me. Let's go to the last verse now as we wrap up this morning in uh, the book of John, St. John. St. John, the fifth chapter, and we're going to bring this to the New Testament about how that God can, he can interrupt time. See, there were a lot of things in the Old Testament which the, I, as the scripture said, the Old Testament is written for our learning. It's an example for us. 
That's why it's called a schoolmaster. We see, we learn from it. And then we take what we learn and we apply it to us in our day. Now let's read St. John, 5th chapter. Let's start at the first verse. And that was the feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there at Jerusalem, by the sheep's pool, which is called in Hebrew's tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Third verse. And there lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the waters. And whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in and was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And as you and now, if you read these first five verses, here's a man, impotent, uh, we would say didn't have the power to walk. There were many like him. The third verse said they were impotent. In other words, they were uh, they were powerless people. They were blind. They were uh, lame. They were withered. You know, they had hands or feet hands or feet that could, did not work. And they were waiting for the moving of the waters. In other words, they were saying at a certain time, as you read this, in the fourth, ver fourth verse, there was a certain season. There was a certain season. And it, you couldn't tell when the season was coming, but you had to be close. And so when they saw the moving of the water, the wave was in the water, and, and you could tell no hand was moving it, then first man, first man, first person in, that said, whosoever then first, after the trumping of the water, stepped in, they were made whole of whatsoever disease they had. Then it talks about in the fifth verse, that was a man which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. Sixth verse says, and when Jesus saw him lie and knew, in other words, he was lying down, and you had been there a long time, he's asked him a question. Will you be made whole? And the impotent man said, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another step down before me. Now just think about what Jesus asked him. He didn't ask him about his support. He didn't ask him about um, 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 his, the issues that he had. So many times we get focused when our miracle is at the door. We, we, we miss it or we miss our timing. Or we, uh, 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 God is still there. The miracle is still there. But we, when our faith is built up, don't look for your solution. Again, you can't, we can't, we shouldn't, don't put God in a box that God has got to move this way. See, everybody was at that pool, were waiting, they were looking, waiting and looking. And when they saw the, the waves trouble, I mean, the, uh, the waters troubled, they knew now was the time. But that was, but, but in their day, that was the only way. They said, okay, this is the only way I'm going to be healed is this way. But Jesus brought a revelation to this man. He said, all those people that were out there, Jesus came to this man and asked him, do you, no, not do you, will you, will you be made whole? Put it in our language, do you want to be whole? Rather than saying yes, he began to talk about all the things. Well, I don't have enough education. This is me talking and putting it in our day. You know, they, 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 they're line jumpers here. There are people that are breaking in front of me. 
You know, this is my color. You know, I'm 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 I'm, I'm white. You know, whites. You know, they don't they don't get uh, they don't get they don't they don't get the preferential treatment that minorities get. I'm black. You know, they don't like black people. You know, they 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 look at my weight and they say, you know, I'm I'm too big for this. You know, they 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 want to just they discriminate against me. Well, you know, they look at me and they say, I'm I'm a female. You know, I'm you know that girls can't do this. Women can't do this. But Jesus says, Do you want to be blessed? He's not asking you about your problem. He's asking you, do you want to be blessed? I heard one preacher say, can you stand up this way? Can you stand to be blessed? Can you take it? And the intimate man, impotent man said in verse number seven, I have no man. See, he began to look at what he didn't have. Rather than looking at healing was asking him a question. Because that's who Jesus is. Jesus is the healer. Healer said, do you want to be made whole? Then Jesus talked to him in the eighth person and said, get up and walk. Get up. And immediately, the ninth verse says, the man was made whole, took up his bed, walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. But I'm reading the rest of this for a reason. The Jews said to him that was cured, it's the Sabbath day. It's not law for you to carry your bed. Everybody in that place has seen this man one time or another. And I'm talking about most of the church people, the religious people. You know, people will look at your situations and, mm, ain't that sad? So bad. I wish, he, you know, I wish God would help him. But when you get to hell, they're the first one that said, you think you something. Yes, I am something. I'm a child of the Most High God. Don't lose your focus. Don't put God in a box and say, Lord, I know you'll do it one day. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, the evidence of things not seen. And the next verse says, and by it, the elders obtain a good report. We can have a good report today, church. We can have the same good report that the apostles have. We have the same like faith. They had the faith of the Son of God. We have the faith of the Son of God. The question is, do you believe? Yes, there are a lot of hindrances of prayer and time when we allow it to limit God. And it does. When we put a time limit on God, we limit God. But receive your miracle now. Receive your healing now. Receive your request now. And trust him by faith. God, it's already done. I receive it. I believe it. That settles it. I hope you got something out of the message today. I pray today that you'll be blessed by it. You were blessed by it. And that you would continue on your walk with God. Study the word. Meditate on these scriptures that are captured in the... Um, uh, beginning of this teaching, if you look out on the internet, you will see uh, I tried to capture all the notes. I may not capture all of the uh, main, all of the uh, scriptures I quote, but look them up and make yourself a student of the word. You sh we should never, we as believers, can never stop learning. I found that one of my uh, one of the faults that I've, I continue to work on is not to say I've heard that before. As we continue to read the word, study it, meditate on it, God will reveal Himself. 
more and more to those who seek him. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for those who've heard the word, the word of God. I pray for those who are seeking for salvation, who are looking for answers. You are the answer. And I pray, God, that you will loose their mind. Give them that, that revelation of love that you are. Those with broken hearts, those with uh, their body may be, may be uh, broken, Lord, with sicknesses or illnesses or injuries. I pray, Lord, you are the healer today. That they will receive faith. by the, And I pray that they receive faith by the words we speak today. And they will walk in them knowing that you answer prayer. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen, Lord Jesus. Amen.